This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. All right, guys, we are here. The moment has finally arrived. Reputation is out in its entirety. We have every new song off the album now. Finally. Yay. Finally, for those that have been waiting. Um, anyway, so I'd like to welcome everybody, both new and old, to episode 202 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. And we've got a great episode here planned for you guys where we're going to do just kind of a brief overview of, you know, our initial thoughts on the album. And then we're going to dive deep into, well, sort of the first, but kind of the second song on the album. It's technically second, but since we already had Ready For It, it's the first new one to us going in order of the track listing. So we're going to be talking about Endgame in just a little bit. We're going to be looking at the themes within the song and then you know, really diving into the nitty gritty and looking at the lyrics and seeing how Taylor uses the art of language to bring those themes to life for us. But first, before we get going, let me just tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Episode 202 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh, a company on a mission to save home cooking. For $30 off your very first week of delivery, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code Taylor Talk 30. Again, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code TaylorTalk30. Alrighty, let's get into the album as a whole because Taylor here has absolutely nailed it. Um, in my opinion, best album yet. Really, Adam? I do. No, I really. <laughs> Are you do giving think it a thirteen reason? out of thirteen again? Yeah. For some reason, I don't trust. No, don't this trust time you. I really do think it. Okay. Um, first off, it's it's on track to be the most commercially successful. On the that first day alone, true. it sold roughly seven hundred thousand or so albums, according to Nielsen SoundScan, who keeps track of that stuff. So seven hundred thousand in the first twenty-four hours. When you figure her previous record was um, with nineteen eighty-nine, which sold about one point three million in the first week, she's already passed halfway to that into the first 24 hours mm. what is she at now wasn't it like seven hundred thousand the first day yeah i don't know what the current number okay. is we'll, we'll find out it probably won't say anything keep... until later until the yeah. week as long as they keep keeping those tracks or those um keeping track of those stats they'll keep releasing it as time well, goes. well i bought three so that counts <laughs> for a that actually that. does it does because she yeah <laughs> that actually that actually does count. But let's talk about the album itself and why I think it's so great, right? Now, first off, right off the bat, I think throwing this out there, a lot of people have been saying it, and it was my first thought too. This album actually is sonically cohesive, to quote it Taylor. It is sonically cohesive. And that's important to note because, you know, on the last album, 1989, that's where that phrase came from, is Taylor saying that this is the most sonically cohesive album she's ever done. And everyone was kind of making a joke out of it because no one had heard that phrase sonically cohesive before, meaning it all sounds like it belongs together. And thinking back to 1989, to be quite honest, I really don't think Shake It Off and Clean and Wildest Dreams are sonically cohesive i don't think they sound the same they don't belong on the same album in fact shake it off doesn't belong on any album Ooh. wow okay oh. so adam just revealed which song he gives a zero out of 13 oh that was that's old news really if anybody's been listening for a while that's old news when we i don't did know our if first... you ever admitted that no the old adam did, cannot come first... to the phone right now oh yes. come on <laughs> when we when we did our first release our our on uh shake it off a couple years ago gosh that was more than three years ago now um I, I said that. I thought that song was eh. Okay, but you like this album because she's finally hit that 
hit that um, sonically Son- cohesive mark. Well, yes. I mean, that's part of it. But then the writing quality is also off the charts as well, which, of course, we'll get into when we go through song by song today being Endgame and then uh, moving on from here. Now, Steve, um, I, I have to ask you this. I know we were talking about off the recording, and I want some further explanation why you are listening to the album song by song and have not heard anything beyond Endgame yet. Well, other than the ones that were pre-released, I at least yeah, yeah, heard yeah. them. Or if we went over the songs, you know, like we did uh, Ready For It last week or whatever week that happened to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. My theory is this. And it kind of goes when I've done record shopping before. Because sometimes I go record shopping and I find a boatload of albums that, you know, like the dollar records or something like that. And I get a whole bunch. And... I never quite enjoy them the way I would be if I get a single album. You know, you get a single album, you listen to that through and through. But if you have a whole bunch to listen to, sometimes stuff gets lost in the shuffle. So I'm trying something new because I don't have this many opportunities, at least with Taylor's music. I mean, uh, some other artists, I've kind of done this before too. But, you know, trying to have the strength to just listen to one song at a time and really enjoy it to the fullest. That's what I'm going for. That takes a lot of self-control. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think that's actually really important. I think you're going to provide some interesting perspective to the um, show as, as we continue through the different songs. And the reason being is because in my head, I'm kind of thinking here, concept album right one Mm -hmm. giant narrative Mm -hmm. all kind of go together and then in order as well and steve you know for the sake of your listening patterns what if going through episode by episode we just go in order of the track listing i know that'll torture people that want to hear us get to um the very last track on the album which they're obsessed with new year's day (laughs) um you know it'll be a number of weeks before we get to that but i think we might reveal some interesting things about the album if we do it that way so So just for some clarification on this, Adam, do you feel that this album, listening to it front to back, is the correct way to listen to it? We're going to find out. Because here's here's the thing, right? I have heard every song, but... Define correct way to listen to it. Like, what would be the correct way in terms of what happened first and then next and whatnot? Or... As a a concept album, yes. It it would make the most sense beginning to end of a story. Nope. Nope. Doesn't happen. Nope. Doesn't happen. Ooh. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, I honestly, Steve, haven't listened in order because my... I think it's um, close, but it's not all the way through. My iPod's always on shuffle. Oh. It jumps around. I actually haven't listened in order. Not to mention, I haven't had an hour to sit down and go through every song. Um, see, see, but you're missing out. That's what I'll do at the end. Thursday That's... night. That's what you're supposed to do when a Taylor Swift album comes out. You're supposed to sit and listen to the whole thing, Steve. Um, but it's okay. I respect you. Steve, I'm scratching my head and looking away in embarrassment because while Diane was up listening, um, you and I were both in bed sleeping. Not Ooh. together. Yes. Um, <laughs> Cla- Steve, clarity Steve, on that. I appreciate For clarification, that. Steve's in Pennsylvania. I'm in Las Vegas. To we be, are very far okay, apart. Okay, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, for, Las Vegas is Steve, not a state. Exactly. Well, that's true. Also, <laughs> who said it was? I never said it was a state. I was just saying where I was. Comparing state versus town. So okay. Anyway, so Steve lives on the East Coast, so for him it really was late. For us on the West Coast in the Pacific Time, you know, area, it was like nine p.m. And I'm like, yay, Taylor Swift album. I'm gonna sit here for an hour until ten p.m. and then I'm gonna go to bed, which is still early. I went to mm. bed at eight p.m. that night. Wow. 
Yeah. Party pooper. All right, but hey, let's let's talk about the album, right? So we've got a bunch of different collaborations going on here um, in in writing and production specifically. Obviously, there's only one collaboration in terms of vocals. Um, but we've got a handful of songs, again, where Taylor worked with Max Martin and Shellback, and then a handful of songs where she worked with Jack Antonoff. It seems like it's almost half and half. It is close to half and half. And, and here's something interesting that I noted, and I said this on the last album, too. I much prefer the Jack Antonoff collaborations. And before I actually looked at the lyrics book and saw who was uh, credited with what song, you know, I obviously had my favorites picked, as everyone did. And for the most part, with the exception of one, all my favorites are Taylor Jack Antonoff collaborations. And the one that you don't like would be Dress because you say it's a slow song and it's a skip song. What? End quote, Adam Bromberg. I said skipper. That was a bad quote. Whatever. You didn't quote me well. <laughs> um, but Steve, this wouldn't really apply to you, but Diane, what, what, favorite songs? Um, oh, God, that's very difficult. I don't know. I think it's... A little bit too soon to tell. Um, a lot of them are really, really good, though. I don't know. Is there one that's favorite. stuck in your head that you just can't get out of there? Uh, the one we're is. about to record because um, we just listened to it before we record. You know, before we press. Yeah, record. so now it's stuck in your <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think the one because Diane and I have talked about this off the air. Um, don't blame me really stands it out. It is good. Uh, it's very, very powerful. I don't want to present too many spoilers for Steve, but I really, really like that one. And then I also really, really enjoy Getaway Car. You would like that one because I, it has car in the title. It does. It talks about cars, and I love cars. Um, but anyway, no, there, there's another reason I love this. And Steve, you may have to plug your ears because this is a minor, very minor spoiler. Uh, I'm, I don't I'll do that right now. Just tell me when you're done. Plug your, <laughs> How okay. are you supposed to know? Plug your ears, Steve. <laughs> Plug your ears. Um, I have to give a shout out here to one of our very longtime listeners, Grace, who Diane and I met back in Chicago Hi, on the Grace. 1989 tour. Hi, Grace. Um, because as soon as she heard that car or that song, Getaway Car, um, she called me and is like, Oh my God, I heard it. I had to call you because they said Bonnie and Clyde. And if you guys listened to our previous episode, Ready For It, I drew a Bonnie and Clyde theme out of what you might see as nowhere, but there is some Bonnie and Clyde ties running through Ready For It. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, for sure go back and listen to 201. Um, But then in the lyrics of Getaway Car, Taylor actually brings out Bonnie and Clyde lyrically. And I was like, boom. Mic drop. Boom. All right, Steve, you can come back now. Steve, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, okay. okay. Did I ruin I, anything? I, li- for I you? listened for the silence there, so that's how I could tell because I couldn't hear the words you were silence? saying, but I could tell you that can there hear was it silence. In the silence, Diane. Ooh. Uh, that was a really obscure one. That was punny. I know. You can hear it in the silence. And and that is yeah. a song that you would skip too. Uh, yeah. Well, being seeing as what we do on the show, going through lyrics by or lyric by lyric of every single you Taylor Swift song ever, um, I have certainly heard them all at one point or another, and have dived deep into the lyrics of every single one, with the exception of the ones we're getting into now, Ooh. which we're back. Guess who's back? Back again? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Taylor's back. Taylor friend. All right. Uh, <laughs> I wow. got Steve, Steve with that one. Steve really thought that was funny. It was Eminem lyrics. Oh, uh, okay. I love Eminem. Eminem. Eminem is one of the true artists of our time. Just We're like talking Taylor. about Taylor Swift. I know. I said just like Taylor. He is a lyricist. He has a way with words that are very powerful. 
Um, anyway, should we get into Endgame then? Yes, let's talk about Endgame. If that's our Endgame, yep. Starting with a wider umbrella cast here, um, you know, Endgame is features three different artists. It's got Taylor, Future, and Ed Sheeran, and it is sort of, it, it's almost like a, a hip-hop song almost it is a hip-hop song um well future and ed rap more than taylor does but taylor's got some hip-hop sounds to it now um we're not really music experts here we're more uh into the lyrics on this show that's really what we get into so um talking about the lyrics themselves do you guys see what the overall theme of this song is come on um think 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 think. well at the beginning taylor wants to meet a a person who will be her end game for her life just a person that she could finally call her own um and then the thing that i was a little bit confused about is how these rap parts fit in with her story because i don't think they're the people she's in love with so I was i'm so just, glad you asked yes Ooh. because that was something that i was grappling with a little bit like how do these other rap pieces fit in are they along the same lines of as her and they just kind of exist in the same thought process or are they having a conversation i was still trying to figure that out i'm gonna tell you what i think because i think this is a very complex theme i don't think there is one short answer to it right because there is of course that theme where it's a character trying to find the person who is the one Mm -hmm. but one thing i wonder as i read through the lyrics and listen to the song is whether or not it is three independent stories that are all intertwined into one piece with a larger overarching theme going to Mm. it. And that's kind of where I'm at currently is that three independent story theory where um, you've got Taylor telling a story, you've got Future telling a story, you have Ed Sheeran telling a story, Well, why would they be in the same song? Hang on. Okay. Because they all cater to the same theme, but they all serve multiple purposes as well because it's almost like a coffee table discussion where... Future and Ed are using their own personal relationship experiences to give advice to Taylor's character in the song. Ah. And so I think that's where it went with it. It is very complex. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna put Diane on blast here for a minute. Because Why? Diane said, I don't think there's much to this song before we uh, recorded. And I'm because, like, that's because no, you haven't looked at it yet. No, no. <laughs> it was because... A mm-hmm. lot of it repeats. So I was like, well, we can't talk about this chorus. We can't talk about this pre-chorus because it's the same one. That's yeah, but, what I was referring to. But repetition is a very important literary device as well oh as God. musical device. I'm being lectured. <laughs> yeah, you are being lectured. Um, that's that's <laughs> kind of what's happening right now. But repetition is very important because repetition places emphasis on certain concepts and theories, not to mention in music itself, choruses typically are repetition. That's what yeah, choruses I, are. I know what a chorus She's is. She's aware. <laughs> yes. So um, that's kind of that. But that's kind of my current theory right now is that you've got advice from a friend and, and someone that's always there to... Um, help you out and have your back when things go south. Are they really giving south. advice, though, or are they just saying, yeah. like, telling hey, their story. I've been there, too? Yeah, telling their story with the same issue of reputation being a problem when it comes to pursuing someone. Well, here's where it gets really complex, is there's two different things going on, right? There's there's the new this new relationship, the one that Taylor wants to be the one, right? And then there is this other sort of theme, and that's reputation, and that's the one that's winding its way through the entire album is yeah which is really reputation cool. and if you read the inside of the booklet you know taylor talks about her 
ideas on where reputation comes from and it's everybody's different thoughts on you and how um, it's actually a really well written piece which we can get into another time about how um, you're basically you are what you reveal to other people and mm-hmm. you're a different person to every person you know um, you're a different person to your family you're a different person to your friends you're a different person to the general public and so forth it's a really interesting concept yes but true nonetheless mm-hmm. um, it is absolutely true nonetheless so um, anyway like I said, we'll get into that another time, but going with the themes and stuff, I do see bits of advice in there and it's using their own story to express their own feelings, but then also giving a sense of advice and a shoulder to cry upon. And I also think there's not just themes of love in here, but there's also themes of friendship as well. And when we get into the lyrics, we can, we can talk about that unless you guys have anything to say else about anything else to go for it let's dive in okay let's talk about it so it opens up right with i want to be your end game i want to be your first string i want to be your a team so repetition diane it has its purpose in music i want to be i want to um, be your a team so here's where we're going right we've got we've got end game first string Th- this song is filled with and i looked up this term before idioms there is one that she twists on his head later on there's there's a there's a lot of those um where it's something i don't know how do you define an idiom it's an expression people say to mean something else i guess yeah Yeah. so end game um you know here's here's the thing right taylor her entire career has been very very strategic with everything both in music and in her the business aspect of her thing and end game Right is referring to the final stage of a process or activity, but I believe it's final origins. Final stage of a, pro- a process or activity? Did you look that up on dictionary.com? I did. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> this is from the last time when we started just looking things up in the dictionary to get the, yeah, the definitions so. like, and the secondary define definitions and all that. No, but here's where I found it very interesting is is because you know the whole overarching thing with reputation involves a lot of the whole Kim Ye, Katy Perry, all mm-hmm. these feuds going on and things right. like that, right? And there's always this up and back. And what I thought very that was very interesting was the origins of that phrase endgame date back to chess, making your final moves in a chess game. To Ooh. end the game, to checkmate, yeah. To, yes, to get towards a checkmate. So I thought it was a really interesting use of endgame because while it's on one end referring to a love story baby just say yes <laughs> it it could also be referring to this reputation thing you know um where you know saying i want to be your end game in a sense is help me out here it's i know what i know what i'm, I'm thinking in my head but i can't it, verbalize wh- wh- it what are you talking about like it has a darker connotation no it's like this relationship is the end game because this whole move pieces up and back between her and the media for example has always been taylor dates this guy taylor breaks up with this right. guy taylor so, dates so this what, guy taylor breaks up with this guy hey she writes a song oh my gosh you're getting into a repu- or in a, to a relationship with taylor swift you're gonna have a song about you later so what you're saying is this is the end game where the media will not have anything to talk about anymore because it's she found that significant other because they won't have anything else to say about her when she right. founds the... Oh, interesting. Yeah, but in her case, they'll use her name to sell newspapers anyway. And by newspapers, I mean digital views. Mm-hmm. Because physical newspapers don't exist. Anyway, so I want to be your first string is that next line there, right? First string is kind of... A, Steve should like this one because it's a sports reference, right? Yes. yes so the is. first string would be the starting lineup. Those would be those would be your first picks. Those yeah, are your the first best choice. players yeah. to mm-hmm. go into the game. 
And then likewise, going into A-team, this is where I actually see a theme uh, related to friendship coming in. Because it's um, Ed Sheeran's song, A-team? A- no, actually. Oh, that's what I thought of. I know that- I know that's where a lot of people's minds go at first, is they're like, oh, A-team, Ed Sheeran's in this one. Um, but A-team is about a drugged-out prostitute. Like, It is, and it, it was a it, category it, for whatever class she was in of what Yeah, the highest-level drug use. Yeah. Um. So and is that what she's referencing? I want to be your 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 uh, drug of choice. I, I I would say that, or just kind of like top tier kind of thing. You know, uh-huh. the, this is the the best possible thing. You know, I, I guess I don't know. But you have to think of the implication of the word team. So A would be first because it's first letter in the alphabet. Team would be a group, a like collective, a partnership, couple, um, like couples goals. That's what it would be. Yeah, couples goals. Hashtag couple goals or whatever. <laughs> relationship goals. It relationship goal. Yeah. Yeah. See, it could be. However, I also see it as related to friendship because she has two other friends of hers on this particular track too and like i said when we get into the more specific lyrics i'll point out where i feel they're not only sharing their stories but also giving advice and you know being that shoulder to cry on so to speak or if we want to go 80s let's talk about the a team you know mr t and you know i i Murdoch do know what and, you're talking about i uh, see I, wait can can you explain for the younger people me uh, uh, for the diane's in the audience okay um i don't know the, the a team was just a, a group of people that would come together and they solved all sorts of crimes and mysteries and that kind of stuff it was a show on in the like 80s had mr t on it it was a great show it was one of my favorites Not actually quite. and steve i did read a theory online related to that as well since you brought it up where they think it is a reference to a team the show because i guess they were imprisoned because they were wrongfully accused of something yep oh yeah. that's cool Oh, mind blown. Yeah, because they were always really running from the military and such because, um, you know, there was a, a crime that they didn't commit and, uh, you know, the, the military thought that they did. So they were continuing to chase them, but they were actually like good guys and that kind of stuff. But I don't necessarily see it like that. I I'm, I'm, I mean, I get I get the whole wrongful accusation thing, but... Um, but would Taylor be saying that? Like, I want to be the one who was wrongfully accused of everything because. But she is wrongfully. She is the one wrongfully. That's, that's part of it. That's part of the reputation. She's constantly right. being accused of things. But I think that it, fits in. But the big event <laughs> where she went into hiding was the Kimye phone call. And the fact of the matter is, while I am Team Taylor on this still, because they did clip together those video we segments. No idea. Yeah. We don't know what order it went in, but the fact of the matter is she lied about saying she didn't have that phone call. Adam, wait a minute. I just had a revelation. I have your answer. So, you know, it's A apostrophe team. So A actually has to stand for something. That should be Adam team. She wants to be on Adam's team. She That's already, it. She already tried that. It didn't work. I'm talking about the other Adam. Hey. Calvin Harris. <laughs> Point of clarification, Calvin Harris is a stage name. His name is Adam Wiles. That's his real name. Calvin Harris is so much cooler. That's probably why he goes (laughs) by Calvin Harris. (laughs) Um, But that's completely irrelevant right now. I don't know that a name like Adam Wiles would get very big on the club scene. You never um, know. Among DJs. So um, as we move through the song, you know, we've got big reputation, big reputation. Oh, you and me, we got big reputations. Ah. And you heard about me. Ooh. I got some big enemies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to. No, that, that, that is my favorite my part of this song is all the the echoes, like the high-pitched yes. echoes through the song. It's so much fun. Anyway, the the rest of that part, now that I'm done laughing, is you and me would be a big conversation. Uh. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> and I, okay, I'm not even saying that part. You like the bad ones too. There we go. So um, this is where I think it ties back into a love story. And it and in in the words of Family Guy, ooh, it's doing that thing where it says the title. It is doing that thing where it says the title. It says like, the title of the I album. I see Reputation. Reputation, there it is. It also um, reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys watch any YouTube of Cinema Sins where they like go through every uh, movie of different sorts. And any time that the title of the movie is referred to, uh-huh. they say, roll credits. <laughs> it's like, it's over. <laughs> uh, anyway, at this part, the the chorus, to be quite honest, I don't see any depth to it. I, I see it just as simple what? explanation. Did you, just, did you just say there's not much to this what? part, Adam? Are, are you referring to what I said earlier? No, I'm saying it about the chorus, not the song. That's what I was going for, too. So I got some big enemies. I mean, it's just stating the obvious, really. Yeah, basically. Oh. Isn't it weird, though, that they actually refer to the album title? Like, do you think this was the song that actually... Um, Steve, you haven't heard the whole album, dear. But believe me, this is not the only time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> More is coming. Okay. <laughs> But I see what you're saying, Steve. Quite often the album title comes after the songs are put together and you find that common theme. Yeah. Um, you know, and that larger theme for the whole album, I would say, applies to more than just Taylor. It's about reputations in general. But hmm. discussion for another day once Steve has heard the whole album. <laughs> yeah. And- which this could be, be months. a couple months. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, so let, let's get into uh, Future's verse here. Are right? you going to rap? No, I can't. Yes, you can. The only thing I can rap is Real Slim Shady by Eminem. Well, you need to learn this part. Shout out to Eminem again. You need to learn this part for later. Eminem is the unsung hero of this episode. There's Taylor, Future, Ed Sheeran, and Eminem. Okay, can you say okay. Future's part, please? So, you so dope, don't overdose. I'm so stoked, I need a toast. Hey, look at that rhyme. Um, we do the most... I'm in the ghost like I'm whipping a boat. What does that mean? Ugh. All right, let's talk about it, right? What does that mean, so, whipping a so, boat? So hang on, hang on. I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, you so dope, of course, dope being a, a cool. slang term for cool. Uh, don't overdose. You know, it's interesting. There are, and gosh, it's so hard to not be able to say things in front of Steve, but there's other drug references throughout the album that aren't actually drug references. Like, overdose would typically be a drug term, but it's not yeah, referring to. Yeah, but it to, means to love and The same with dope, drug. though. Yeah, so I'm so stoked. I need a toast. There is a lot of alcohol in this album, which, uh, you know. Gosh, you're ruining everything at every turn for Steve. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, there's no, drug no, references. No. There's alcohol. She says reputation more than once. <laughs> All right, whatever. But getting getting to um, the lyrics you were asking about, Diane, we do the most. I'm in the ghost like I'm whipping a boat. So a ghost is a type of Rolls Royce. Oh, and Rolls Royce is a very large car. And, you know, when people have those really long, large cars, they're like, oh, it's oh, like it's driving a boat. A boat. You, you mean the Phantom is what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about the Ghost. There is also a Phantom, two different models of Rolls Royces, oh. which brings me to my second point, Steve, which was don't forget and ready for it when she refers to the male character as a ghost and herself a Phantom. So maybe she was talking about cars. Wow. Like we're both so fancy. Right. Secret theme of the album. It's all about cars. Yes, there are multiple <laughs> car references as well. There I love are. that. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, so I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not 100% sure if Ghost is a reference back to Ready For It, which could kind of go to that concept album theory where one song leads to another. Well, it would also depend on which song was written first, and we don't know the order that she wrote these songs in. Right, but we know the order she put it in, and the order they yeah. were written in is irrelevant if we're talking concept album because we're talking about them going in order. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if that's a reference. But then the next line, I got a reputation, girl, that don't precede me. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. Oh, reputation. Um, I'm a call away whenever you need me. And that's where I'm getting into the whole, like, I've got a reputation that don't precede me. He's still telling his story, but then is like, I'm a call away whenever you need me. So here's the thing. When, when you have advice to a friend, it's typically because you can relate on some level, right? Like you have some sort of relation. So I thought this you here, he was talking about a girl that he liked, not you as in like, hey, Taylor, if you need advice, call me whenever. And that's where I think it gets a little bit complex. And really, you have to remember that all three of the people on this track, they're all artists, right? A lot of what they say and what they what they write is very abstract. And, and I'm pretty sure that they all wrote their own raps. At least I'm sure that Ed Sheeran wrote his. Well, it definitely has different sound throughout. So yeah. it's quite possible, right? Um, so I'm a call away whenever you need me is where I, I believe he comes in and is like, like, hey, I've been through this. Mm-hmm. I got your back. Right. Hmm. Okay. Then uh, you've got I'm in a G5. Come to the A side. There's that A again. Um, a G5, just for reference, I, I believe he's referring to the private jet. Probably. Because, you know, that's what rappers do. They have Rolls Royces and private jets in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. Adam, I had a little confusion on that at first. Because when I saw G5, I thought of the Pontiac G5, which is like the Chevy that's Cobalt. That's actually what... That's actually what I thought at first too. <laughs> and then I looked up. I'm like, why would he be in that like a Chevy Cobalt? But, why, but I thought, why would he be going from a Rolls Royce to a Pontiac? Right, right. <laughs> but but the other part about that though, the G5, I can't tell 100 percent because it's hard to tell. But look what you made me do. Actually, has either a G5 or a G6 in it. Like a G6. That's what I thought of when I saw the g5 i was like oh like fly like a g6 <laughs> yeah but you know what like i said rappers always reference uh the blitzy or glitzy and glamorous and and all that and that's where i think the rolls royce and the and the private jet come from but i think the the jet itself is sort of a, a metaphor as a transport device coming because then it says come to the a side right it's like come from that bad side to the good side type thing oh okay mm, maybe I mean, it's a metaphorical it, well, yeah, but you also think of a side of a record. You know, the a side's always the hit side, the good side. So, mm. yeah. Well, that and that's exactly the point is a side's just referring to a good place, right? Right. So it's like come to a good place. Anyway, because it can't um, be it can't be being good though, because that next line will screw you up on that one. <laughs> well, I got a bad boy persona. That yeah, that's true. If you that's what they like, <laughs> what they like. Um, but again, remember this overarching theme of, of people's reputations and how they are developed, right? Rappers all have bad boy personas. That's what they do. But they're really, in essence, a lot of them are decent guys. Um, I don't know him at all, but I found a couple things out about him. And the one that stood out to me, which is bad, is that he has four kids with four different girls. So definitely that bad boy persona right there. So, Adam, my question is, what about the they? Who is the they in this song? And I guess Diane, obviously, too. I 
don't want to well, just point well, out just that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a good question. And that's why I think going back to the reputation theme, right? They is that um, it's the general public mm-hmm. saying that's what they like. Because remember what we're talking about with Taylor's reputation as well, where you've got um, how the media portrays her because the media portrays her in such a way that is going to produce advertising revenue for the media. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily giving honest interpretations of her. So, so right. you're not saying it's like girls that like bad boys kind of thing. That's not what this is. This is about. It could be. It could be that, and it also could be. Uh, I guess it could be the media. That would probably tie in well with what she's trying to say. Or it ties into the, the next part if we keep going through where it's you love it, I love it too, because you my type. You know, that's typically referring to a romantic partner when you say someone's my type. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't typically say, hey, that's my type of friend. Mm. Anyway, but then uh, you hold me down and I protect you with my life. Hmm. Thoughts on that? I, I think that's probably one of the more powerful lines in this particular verse. You hold me down and I protect you with my life. That's an interesting idea because hold his... Um, because um hold me down sounds like you're putting pressure on someone or you like won't let them go and yet he's also the one that's protecting this person but but i think it's to keep keeping him grounded is what it is yeah i think it's also holding on to somebody in a relationship again it's not a literal like physically pinning i know but that phrase hold me down paired with that idea just i don't know it's definitely interesting it is i mean overall not to be too much of a party pooper i i really i think this is actually the weakest verse in the song what i know i just it, it's i mean we got it, we got what we could out of it but it i think there's a lot of good stuff in that verse cool. yeah but there is also more things further along in the song well, that we I, talk about you know and i think when we get to ed's verse which will be after um taylor's next verse which is my favorite once we get to Ed's verse, you know, Ed and Taylor have a long-standing relationship. This is actually the first time I've heard of Future. So whether or not they've been friends for a long time or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, we know that Ed and Taylor have been close friends for a number of years now. And I think it shows through the lyrics that there's sort of a tighter connection there. But um, before we get into Taylor's next verse, let's learn just a little bit more about HelloFresh. Yum. HelloFresh is a meal delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. For $30 off your first order, visit HelloFresh.com and use code TAYLORTALK30. Something so awesome about HelloFresh is that they deliver food right to your doorstep while allowing you to choose your delivery day so you can pick the day that works best for your busy schedule. It makes it so easy to cook delicious, balanced dinners for less than $10 per meal. I absolutely love the variety of options offered by HelloFresh. They have three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and within those plans, a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. Thus far, Diane and I have tried both the classic plan and the veggie plan. To be honest, I've, I've toyed around with the idea of switching to a vegetarian diet for a while now, but what's always held me back is that I've never been able to create a nutritionally complete 
meal vegetarian style i was always concerned really mostly about not getting the protein that my body needs and what's awesome about hello fresh and my personal experience is that their dietitians they have on staff put together these meals so when we got a meal kit with three different vegetarian meals all of them had over 20 grams of protein all plant-based protein and that was really good and really delicious. It was really enjoyed. it was really good. One of the meals in particular that we really enjoyed was their uh, creepy crawly tagliatelle. <laughs> I, I can't. It's an Italian word. Uh, the tagliatelle pasta. Um, I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, but anyway, that one was really really good. It was a Halloween theme. They do that for the holidays sometimes. Those yeah, those themes. It was it's, so fun and really really good. It was really good, and it was easy to make. We were able to follow the recipe really, really easily, and it was just, it was quite delicious, and I really, really enjoyed it, even for lunch the next day, because I didn't quite finish all of it. Yum. Delicious. So, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter code TaylorTalk30. Again, that's HelloFresh.com and enter code TaylorTalk30. All right. Let's talk about Taylor's verse, right? I think this verse is really, really important because something this song as a whole does and something this verse gets into specifically is really providing us with insight into um, the psyche of someone like Taylor who has been in the public spotlight for so long and has had all these bricks thrown at her to Mm -hmm. quote a previous song. You're you're on a roll today. I know. Um, Having all these bricks thrown at her. So it starts off with, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to be just another ex-love you don't want to see. Now, where I think that provides a lot of insight into her psyche is because we as a fan base can see Taylor as a very confident person. She's very poised. She speaks very well at award shows. She speaks very well on stage at her concerts, speaking about different things. She performs with confidence and passion and all this. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing a very self-conscious side about her where she's almost afraid to get close to someone. Yes. Mm. And I think it provides a very human aspect to her as a writer, a very relatable human aspect. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very important point. Well, you got to love then... the senses in this in those two lines, though, too. I mean, you got the touch and you got sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's really where, Steve, I think you can um, relate to it because I don't want to touch you. You know, she does this a lot where things can be interpreted in two ways, both literal, where it's like, I don't want to touch you um, because then the paparazzi's all over it, right? If they're holding hands and things like that. But then it's also like, I don't want to touch you in that I don't want to be a part of your life just to be another ex-love that you don't want to see anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Because she's been through that as well. Uh, And so, like I said, it it shows a very humble side of her, very self-aware, like I don't want to get into this like I'm afraid to get close to someone because of what could happen and it shows fear in someone we have otherwise always seen as Strong fearless oh my gosh Adam <laughs> that was a good pun. I was inspired by a, a, a Taylor tweet where she tweeted a newscaster who where the newscaster put, delivered the yeah. traffic report using Taylor songs and titles and lyrics and stuff um, <laughs> anyway So if we keep going on through that verse, you know, you've got, I don't want to miss you like the other girls do. Hmm. Mm. 
Why are you hmming? What other girls are we talking about here? Just the other girls. Exes in general. Well, yeah, just that this guy has probably had because he's probably handsome and confident and all these great things. And there's probably other girls that have liked him before. So yeah, no, you're right. She doesn't want to be like those girls. She wants to be different so he can pick her. I think it's just a, a clever way of saying I don't want to be another ex. Mm-hmm. So then it continues. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to be drinking on the beach with you on the Uber me. That sounds like a great vacation. <laughs> I could make a joke. I won't. Um, for the sake of keeping it G-rated around here. Well, it's it's going to be difficult, Steve, when, which you will see later on in this album, to keep Taylor Talk a more PGG rating because... Especially when we get to other songs, I'm like, I can no longer play Taylor Swift at my cheer practices because this oh. is not appropriate for my middle school kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. We're going to up our be- rating. This is no longer a G-rated show. It's now PG. Uh-oh. Oh, this is PG-13. Are you kidding me? PG-13? Drinking okay. on a beach with you all over me. Yeah, so drinking on a beach with you all over me. Um, so I don't want to hurt you. I just want to be drinking on a beach with you all over me. Thoughts? She just wants to have a nice life with this person. That's all I, That's all I'm going to say about that. It continues that thought process, though, of I don't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I just want things to be good. Yeah. yeah. Just want things to be good. Um, and then we've got um, the line after that, again, provides a lot of insight into her mindset as a, as a writer here. I know what they all say, but I ain't trying to play. Um, I know what they all say. She's, again, shows a great sense of self-awareness of what people are saying about her and showing that contrast between what is said about her and what she wants her life to be. Which is interesting because I think in the next verse that she has, she talks about more of what people say about her. Whereas in the beginning of the song, she's like, Hey, this is what I want. And then she talks about like what people say and how that could get in the way of what she wants with this guy. Right. Hmm. So um, should we get into Ed then? Yes. Let's talk Ed. This is great. I'm so excited. All right. So Ed starts off. Now, well, when I was young, we connected. When we were a little bit older, both sprung. Um, I got shoulder. I got sorry. Issues. I got issues and chips on both of my shoulders. Reputation precedes me. There's that word again. Mm. Reputation precedes me, and rumors are knee deep. The truth is, it's easier to ignore it. Believe me. So, so cool. that's kind of the first half of the verse, right? Yeah. So not only do we have a great use of language here, but we have more of these expressions and sayings. We've got chips on both my shoulders, right? That's sort of like a, how do you like, describe it? Like a grudge like, for no, something. No, it's, not, it's, I, um, I don't think something that's you're right sensitive it's, about. No, no, no. It's, I, I thought it was like you like act tough to cover up something maybe. No, no, or it's, it's, you act cocky or something. No, it's it's more the you know if people put no, you down, right. if people if people put you down, it's what you do like the force that you have behind yourself that say I'm going to prove them wrong. That's what a chip on your shoulder is. Okay, Adam, what did you just look up? I, I looked it up. According to Wikipedia, chip on the shoulder refers to the act of holding a grudge or grievance that readily provokes disputation. So I think what. That, I, I said I, a grudge. I, I think that fits with what. With what yeah, but but saying. a grudge has a negative connotation. You know, so, someone like uh, Tom Brady's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. He gets drafted in the was it the sixth round? You know, a lot of the scouts said that he was never going to be able to start in the NFL. wasn't going to be any good. 
And to this day, he proves them wrong because he has that chip on his shoulder and says, okay, you don't think I'm good enough? I'll show you. And prime example in the Super Bowl last year, they were down, people were counting them out, and he just comes down the field and pretty much wins that game almost single-handedly. Raise your hand in the audience if you have any idea what Steve's talking about. I know because Steve <laughs> pretty sure we just well. had some crickets. Steve explained it well. He explained it well. I got it. Okay. I'm Can sure I relate it to volleyball or something? I don't know. He doesn't if you relate know. it to volleyball, I'll get what you're talking about. It's a real sport. So football makes so much money, Adam. <laughs> Let me know when football's in the Olympics. They don't have anyone to play against. Exactly, because nobody plays it. Oh my God! Except We're moving on. We're not talking okay, about sports. Okay, so let's keep talking. <laughs> let's keep talking about chips on on both my shoulders, right? So where where I think this is an important line, and you know, we were talking about earlier, at least my theory, and I don't know if I've sold you on it yet, is that they're sharing their own story in the context of being able to give advice from a friend and and have mm-hmm. a friend's back, and so I think Ed here is speaking about like a preconceived reputation that he has as well in fact but even does says he reputation though? precedes because me i don't understand quite what he's talking about because i haven't heard any really bad things said about ed sheeran and maybe i just don't pay attention but the only thing that maybe i've heard is that he looks like often he just rolled out of bed because he doesn't dress up but that's is that the worst thing that they say about it well hang on though because talking about chip on the shoulder though it, it could be and I guess I really don't know enough about Ed to make this claim for for sure, but um, it could be something about people don't think he could going make it? in with your guard up, going into different situations. Like maybe does does Ed Sheeran is he known for going into situations and always having his guard up? Well, well but I swear there's pictures on the internet of you know him just playing on street corners and outside of concerts. And, you know, there are probably people that said, you're not going to be anything. You're never going to be good enough to be a musician and put out albums and get signed to a record label and have a tour that millions of people show up. That's probably what people have done to him over the years. And he goes, hey, you know what? I'll prove you all wrong. And he does. Okay, That's a great point, because now that I'm thinking about it, his song, what is his song off of Divide when he... You need me, man. I don't need you. Your favorite? But well, there is on that one. No, but there's a different one on Divide. Uh... Can you rap it? No, I can't think <laughs> of it. I can't think of it. But there's something about like his dad telling him something and him proving it wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm um, sure someone will email and tell us. But but I love the whole chips on both shoulders thing. Because yeah, that's I, cool. Because you know someone says, "Oh, that person has a chip on their shoulder." You know, it's like, "Oh yeah, well, I got a chip on both my shoulders." <laughs> I I'd, I'd have you. a third have chip if I had you. a third shoulder. <laughs> that's true. That kind of plays into that same concept of "I will show you." I have two shoulders, and both of them have sh- chips. Right, right, right. It's it's great. It's a great line. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think the next two lines are actually more important to this verse, though. Probably. When he says, reputation precedes me and rumors are knee-deep, there's another idiom for you. Uh, well, Vocab term of the day, idiom. Um, knee-deep being heavily involved, right? So rumors are, are, they're heavy. They're heavy rumors. Yeah. And then the truth is it's easier to ignore it, believe me. So this is where the bit of advice, I think, comes in, where it's like, look at this. I've been through this, and I'm telling you it's easier. Just ignore it. 
I'm telling you though, Ed Sheeran. I, I I don't know. I feel like he has not had it as bad as Taylor Swift. But no, I, I'm, I'm also hasn't. not Ed Sheeran. I don't know. I, th- I think he's probably had it as bad. It just may not be as publicized. I mean, That's a lot true. of people go through a lot of things. That's and just true. because That's you don't fair. see it in the news doesn't mean that they didn't have adversity and everything else like that. Well, That's let's also, true. not to derail too much, but let's also talk about the difference between um, where they're from. Taylor's from the U.S., um, Ed from the U.K. And in the U.K., they are far less obsessed with gossip nonsense than we are here. Possibly. Perhaps. I, I mean, that's just, again, I, that's only from the two weeks I spent in the UK a couple years ago that I interpreted that. It seems like they don't really talk about it. It's like when Taylor's in London, there's not nearly as many paparazzi following her, if any. Um, it's true. So it is an external interpretation. And I could be wrong on that. Yeah, you know, I, 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 well, I mean, heck, there's a lot wrong, of gossip but... about the royal family and that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. I would expect it. It's just that they don't the care focus as much is about. Different. Yeah, they just don't care about Taylor as much. That's okay. Focus is different because another another observation, you know, is something Diane and I have talked about is J.K. Rowling, as astronomically huge as Harry Potter's gotten, um, good luck finding photos of her kids. I've never seen a picture oh. of her kids or her family. You know huh. what I mean? And she very much herself stays out of the spotlight. And, and I, I have think... also never seen her out anywhere but i also haven't checked online or whatever but i don't see pictures of her in the park with her kids or at the grocery store or anything i I just think she just doesn't exist right but again this this (laughs) this derailed a little bit the only point i was getting at is taylor and ed come from two different cultures where perhaps we have seen more of taylor's life than we have of ed's i I got i got one more thing for the derail train here oh go (laughs) drive that train off all right this is going to be the five hour episode Uh uh-oh uh like hashtag taylor swift tour costumes somebody is gonna go and get two bags of potato chips and attach one to each shoulder so they can have chips on both shoulders steve's reserving that that. now you should do that (laughs) chips on both your that would be an easy costume that's a very easy costume you just need chips and tape and like a maybe like a plain white t-shirt or something steve has his tour costume somebody goes into the show and they're like what's up with you and it's like uh duh end game i got chips on both my shoulders yeah but watch what's going to happen is the security people are going to be like sorry no food from outside well then you could (laughs) go i'm sure they're going to sell it you could you could buy chip bags right. and put stuff in them that's not chips. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> Let's get this back train back this on the track. Let's get back to song. Remember, we promised everybody an intellectual discussion on oh, the theme sorry. and language. This is uh, an intellectual discussion. About ridiculous costumes with chips on your shoulders. This is important. <laughs> Putting potato chips on your shoulders. Yeah. All right, so... Um, Anyway, I think the truth is it's easier to ignore, believe me. That's just advice saying I've been through this. So even when we'd argue, we'd not do it for long and you understand the good and bad end up in a song i think that line is providing further insight into the psyche now of not just taylor but also ed because and it's almost like ed coming to taylor's defense in a sense because she's always been criticized for Mm -hmm. so many years of she just writes about about her relationships and blah 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 and it's like what everybody does that's quite literally what everybody that actually writes does i think where that awful reputation came from is because her songs are actually autobiographical where most artists we hear on the radio they don't even write their own music because they suck but ed does the same thing but people don't point at him and say oh well ed just writes about girls blah 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 and now he's saying like oh i do that too you understand that the good and the bad end up in a song. Right. And that's just it, is it's providing insight into Ed's psyche where he also puts his emotion into words. 
and does it very, very well, I might add. And good songs are relatable. It's it's like comedians. The funniest jokes are ones that you can say, hey, you know what? I, I can see that. That, that right. you know, hits home. That's what good songs are all about. So, yeah. That is how you make it relatable, right? Because odds are if you've been through a situation, someone else has also. Right. And that's where Taylor formed her initial connections when she was just a, a wee teenage girl, um, you know, with her debut album, her, you know, Taylor Swift in writing about little high school drama situations and things like that. So, um, you know, that that is where she got her following from, was being a relatable person. And likewise, I think Ed did that as well, not only being relatable, but both of them can actually articulate in words what they're feeling and what those emotions look like and feel like and sound like and taste like mm-hmm. i don't know can, can we give a shout out to taylor for continuing to move along in her life and both that way and musically like yeah. you know she's it's not tough. singing the songs that she did on her first album anymore it's it's something new it's something that she's been experiencing recently and the thing that's really cool is she changes with every single song that comes out like with every single her evolution has been phenomenal really cool yeah Mm -hmm. she's not stayed the same and this album is proof that she's not the same she's very current but well the old taylor's dead (sighs) (laughs) no more no more sundresses and cowboy boots speaking of the old taylor swift being dead we don't have any um what do you what what do we call them the, the i don't know but is this relevant we're about at an hour so i like what, <laughs> i'm gonna keep going with the song we've derailed so many times fine uh, go i'll think of it later think of it later let's keep going with ed's thing um okay for all your beauty traits and the way you do it with ease for all my flaws paranoia and insecurities hey rhyme Ooh, good rhyme uh, i've made ch- mistakes and made some choices that's hard to deny after the storm something was born on the 4th of july i've passed days without fun this endgame is the one with four words on the tip of my tongue. I'll never say it. So the end of his verse is probably the most important, right? Yeah. Cause Starting wanna... it after the storm. Hang on, hang oh, on. Oh, sorry. I'm just jumping to the point that frustrates me. You, you are, but you are, but I also want to um, talk about how it connects to the theme, right? Because I think the larger theme of this song is that you will find the one through trials and tribulations. You will find the one. Right. And so he says, after the storm, something was born. And, you know, he says, I've passed days without fun. This end game is the one. So it uses end game again to refer to um, that is the end game is finding that person that mm-hmm. you belong with. Mm-hmm. So this end game is the one assuming that he's already found this person because he said this end game. So he's got one in mind. And then he, he does. Well, I mean, providing some context for it. Um, he started dating a girl at one of Taylor's 4th of July parties in 2015. So that's why he said something mm. was born on the 4th of July. Okay. So that's just to provide some context for you. But then what else are you confused with? The last part when he says with four words on the tip of my tongue, I'll never say it. What four words, Ed? Okay, hang on. With that, I think something is very, very clever that he does here in terms of... Um, the way he writes this because sometimes the absence of information is even stronger than actually just writing that information it is and adding that into lyrics um but either way do you really not know what it is i think i know what it is i think i know is what it is it, will you marry me um well mm. what four words would 
create will an end game. You marry me. Nope. Right? I don't like you. I love Please you leave too. Me alone. I love you too. Yes. Well, why does he say I'll never say it? That's not the way to an end game. That's how to end your game. Well, here's four <laughs> words for you. What? I'll never say it. All is I will. It but it's count. a contraction is one word. It doesn't count. Two words combined into a contraction makes it one word. That's, That's what it is. That's no, cheating. I'll never say it. How Four come words. you won't say it? Four words. Why? I don't know, but I think it's will you marry me. I think so too. Yep. Mm, cool. No, no. What do you think, Steve? I think it's I love you too. That that we're gonna put. Hey, Twitter allows polls now, right? Oh. <laughs> we're gonna put that as soon as as soon as we're done recording. We're gonna do a Twitter poll. But this end game is the one. So how do you make someone the your final end game you marry them but then how come he's never gonna say that he'll that just is incompatible ideas ed sheeran make up your mind or tell me what those four words are well here's the thing i'll never say it perhaps she doesn't feel the same way perhaps the other person doesn't feel the same way and they have since parted ways i don't know i no, don't know i the, think he's still dating this girl i don't know what the history is of ed sheeran's relationships let's put up that poll <laughs> we'll put we'll put it up We'll put it up soon, as soon as this episode's done. And if you haven't uh, seen our poll on Twitter yet, go do it now, at TaylorTalk13. We're going to forget. No, we won't. No. We're I'll almost there. You. We're on the last verse. Okay. Well, actually, there's some chorus and stuff in between, but, but we, we already, already went through the chorus. Yeah. So let's talk about Taylor's last verse, right? Mm-hmm. So I hit you like a bang. Like tr- bang. Oh, sorry. Like bang. Yeah, like bang. Bang. We tried to forget it, but we just couldn't. And I bury hatchets, but I keep maps of where I put them. That's so cool. Mm. Um, so, again, idiom, vocab term of the day, bury hatchets, right? Which mm-hmm. means? Well, when you say, like, like Steve and I buried the hatchet, that means we got into some dispute. With hatchets. No. Yes, we, and, then, and then we buried them because we didn't want to kill each other and go to prison. But no. you kept a map of where you put them. So if Steve pisses you off again, you'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to get my hatchet out. So we're completely going in the wrong direction. What it actually <laughs> means if Steve and I buried the hatchet is that we, we made up. We put it behind us. But she keeps maps of where she puts them. So she doesn't put it behind her. She still remembers it in the back of her head. Oh, right. yeah, this is what you did to me. Or if you're taking it in the direction you were going jokingly about me and Steve burying hatchets somewhere, um, you know, maybe maybe that is it. Is is like I buried the hatchet, but hey, if you screw with me, I can pull this out again. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah, know what well, I mean? That's interesting. So that's a cool line there. And then you've got um, reputation precedes me. They told you I'm crazy. I swear I don't love drama. It, it loves, loves me. me. Oh. My favorite line. Well, I think this is kind of cool because, you know, Taylor does this from time to time as a writer where she references back to previous works or alludes to them, rather. And I'm kind of seeing a little bit of like, okay, you know what? I I made a sarcastic joke out of this in blank space, but like for real now. Like Like, they they told told you I'm crazy, crazy. but it's not me. Yeah. Hmm. Um, So I I do think this is a bit of an allusion to um, blank space, but that's just my interpretation of it. Well, blank space is in reference to what people say about her. So that would make sense. Like this 
Yeah, that makes sense. And that's where her reputation comes from when she says reputation precedes me is from what people are saying about her. Uh-huh. Um, do you know how sick I am when people know that, uh, you know, we do this podcast and stuff and they're like, they're like, oh, she dates a lot of guys, huh? And they just regurgitate like this garbage that's spewed out by the media that I'm just like, I can't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. I have friends that do that. Yeah. Makes me want to vomit. I just tell them like, okay, but other people do that too, right? And they go, oh, yeah. But they still laugh. It's like for some reason they can't wrap their head around. They just sort of like passively receive whatever information the media puts out. And they're like, oh, that must be too cool. You know, I think, it, I think it has to do with, and again, discussion for another day because we keep derailing. I think it has to do with. Um, um, it's um, easier um, to just believe. No, the fact there? that no, the fact that Taylor has been around for a long time and high school age Taylor on her first album was a little bit like. <laughs> that is kind of laughable. That's that's cute. High school drama. <laughs> you know, where as an adult, you look back at high school drama. And while it's very real to you at the time, it's such a joke when you look back as an adult. So Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and, and so her reputation is just, to use that word again, hung on to her this mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so let's try and finish up this song. So, and I can't let you go. Your handprints on my soul. Ooh. That's deep. Your handprints on my soul. You are grabbing me soul. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's like your eyes are liquor. Steve, there's a alcohol reference again. Your eyes are liquor. It's like your body is gold. You've been calling my bluff on all my usual tricks. So here's a truth from my red lips. Boom. Again, referring back to old Taylor, the red lip uh, phase she went through there, right? She's still in that phase. That's never ending. Okay, whatever. But here's a truth from my red lips ending the song like that. Um, that's not how the song ends, well, but ending, that's the last thing, the last, last new thing we hear. But ending, ending like that, um, I really think that leads into the the concept album theory because it's like I'm about to lay a truth bomb on you with the rest of this album. Yes. Steve, do you have any thoughts as someone who hasn't heard the rest of the album yet? Well, I I think it's just a kiss, is what that is. Oh yeah. That's all I'm reading on that last line is I think like, hey, here's all the stuff that you've heard, everything else like that. But hey, let me go ahead and give you a nice smacker on the lips here. <laughs> because I want you to be my end game. Yeah. Basically. That is the end game, right? That At that point in time, they have that first kiss and that's the end game there. Well, Steve, if we're arguing um, Team Diane, I'll never say it is, will you marry me? How does every uh, wedding ceremony end? You may kiss the bride. You may kiss the bride. So, Steve, you just. Whatever. whatever, But you just verified (laughs) Diane's argument and sort of disputed your own. That's all right. If the kiss is the end game. Okay. The kiss is the end game. That's what it is here. Perhaps that's true, Steve. I guess we'll never know. It's the beginning of the relationship and the end of the game. What is. What is track five on this album? Because track five on every album is always good. Tra- <laughs> track five is always good. Delicate. Yeah. Yep, my favorite. Oh. Just wait. I-, I think Steve. I think you should skip. Track no, no, three. No, 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 Track three is going to be our next episode. I yeah. know, I know, but I want him to listen to track five because we'll get I have to a it. feeling we'll get to it that Steve will also like that song a lot too because we have the same taste in music. And to you, it, that would be a skip song. But yes. To me mm. and Steve, we uh, jive with certain certain songs. Okay. Any last thoughts on Endgame? It's a lot Wrap better song than I ever thought it would be. Musically, it's great. 
lyrically it's great um if the rest of the album is half as good as this song i'm gonna enjoy it just wait just you wait steve well it finds out so um we really hope everybody appreciated listening in to our discussion really analyzing and diving deep into endgame and we really hope you guys continue with us on this journey as steve actually listens through song by song where diane and i will provide insights from the perspective of people who have heard every song already to this point and we can really um, have great conversations about the rest of the songs on this album we're going to be going in order so next up will be I Did Something Bad. If um, you enjoyed this episode, which I assume you did if you're still with us an hour later, be sure to head to taylortalk.org. That link will take you directly to our iTunes page. Hit that subscribe button. That way iTunes will automatically download new episodes for you as they come out. So again, that link is taylortalk.org. It'll take you to our iTunes page. Hit the subscribe button and it will download every new episode for you as they come out and you'll be able to keep up with us in these discussions um but this has been a great one guys i really appreciate you spending this hour with me uh, chatting about endgame so yeah. so i guess the question is is that the end game is this episode over it could just be that might be the end game so again um that poll we were talking about where we're arguing i'll never say it what those four words are that's going to be on our twitter account at taylor talk 13 if you don't follow us already go head over to taylor talk 13 that's actually right now our only communication channel because while taylor was on hiatus as long as she was we're like well she's never coming back and we took down our website and everything else <laughs> so, um, we didn't say she was never coming back not, not even facebook and... you guys not on facebook we anymore we do, no we do have the facebook page still which we is also, also taylor talk 13 an instagram oh. that rachel has been doing a great job posting pictures on. excellent which is also taylor talk 13 basically find us on all social networks taylor talk 13 but Twitter will be where that poll is. I guess we can put it on the Facebook yeah, page, too. Yeah, do a too. Facebook one, yeah. Do both. We'll put it on the Facebook page. People Bring that back to life. Yeah. But that means that there are two polls, so we have to compare what the Twitter people think and what the Facebook people think. I that's think okay. that's a good idea. I'm willing to bet it'll be the same. I don't. Watch it be different. <laughs> I think it'll be the same. <laughs> one of them is Camp Steve. Yes. Nah, I think it'll be the same. I think it'll be the same results. Same fan base, same results. Um, anyway, guys, one last thought. If you really, really enjoyed the episode, particularly if you're new here, or even if you're old and haven't left us a review before, again, head to taylortalk.org to get to our iTunes page. And uh, please leave us a review there. Let us know what you think. Also, give us feedback there. Cool? That's cool. great. Other than that, again, communicate with us on social media, TaylorTalk13 on all the various social networks, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But we're going to wrap it up here for episode 202 of Taylor Talk to Taylor Swift podcast. Hope you all enjoyed. This has been Adam. Diane. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time to chat about I Did Something Bad. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.